Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. We're so excited for you to be here this morning. Uh, wasn't it just awesome, these little kids? You know, they can just do no wrong. At this age, they're so precious and you get a chance to, to watch them. And I, our prayer is, is that they treasure these moments in their heart and as they grow up, they remember these experiences and they take this message of the Christmas season with them the rest of their lives. That's our, that's our prayer for sure. Well, we're so excited you're here. My name is Brady Testorf. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we talked about lighting the candle representing love. And we realize that Christmas doesn't come from a store, right? Isn't that a good thing? Amen. That Christmas itself is about hope, it's about peace, it's about joy, and it's about love that came to mankind through the birth of a baby. Now, I don't typically give my sermons titles. At least I don't usually announce them. But this morning, I would want to call this sermon, Love Gave, Love Gives. Love Gave and Love Gives. God is love. That's what Scripture teaches. And everything He has done, He is doing, and everything He will do is done in love. Everything He gave, everything that He is giving, and everything that He will give is given out of love. And so I, want to, I just want to share with you some moments going back to the beginning of time about things that God gave through his love. In the beginning, love gave us all things. It says out of a formless and empty earth, God created all things, especially you and me. He created us in the image of the creator. We were created in love and we were created to love, ultimately to love him back and then to love others. Love gave mankind a second chance. Think about it. When God gave Noah the exact specifications of an ark to build, this boat to spare himself and his family. Love gave Joseph a dream. He gave him a dream and the faith to believe that God would make it come true, even in the midst of multiple challenges. If you know the story of Joseph from the Old Testament, he went through some trials and struggles in life. And that's good news for you and me because we do as well. Love gave Moses a new career, and he went from herding sheep on the backside of a desert to leading God's people out of Egypt. Love gave manna from heaven and water from a rock to sustain the people on this journey that they were on to the promised land. Love gave the Israelites, and for us, that, for a matter of fact, gave us ten commandments to guide us. Love gave the law and the prophets to show us how to live. Love gave a young shepherd boy named David the perfect stone, and with perfect aim, he defeated a giant named Goliath. Love gave the people chance after chance after chance when they would turn their back on God. Love gave the people who were walking in darkness, it says, a great light. Love gave to us a child that was born. A son was given, Scripture says, and the government would be on his shoulders, and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Love gave a message to the angel Gabriel to be delivered to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of David. Which, by the way, that was no accident that Joseph was a descendant of King David. That's a promise fulfilled in Scripture. The virgin's name was Mary, and she was told that she would conceive and give birth to a son. And love gave an angelic message to Joseph to encourage him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife. Because what is conceived in Mary was from the Holy Spirit. 
And they were both told to give him the name Jesus. That was no accident either. Because he would save his people from their sins. Love gave the world God's one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. From John 3.16. And now, the gift that love gives is us the opportunity to experience life. Life to the full here on earth and life that will last forever. That love gives our formless and empty lives purpose and meaning. Do you realize that God is in the business of creating? He's always creating. Right now in your life, He's creating. Doesn't maybe look like anything. Maybe it's formless and empty. Maybe it makes a lot of sense. Who knows? But God is always at work creating. And He's never done until you close your eyes and you go to sleep and in faith in Jesus go be with Him forever in the greatest promised land that was ever created, a place called heaven. Do you know in my 94, almost 94-year-old father-in-law's life, God is still creating as He lays in the nursing home. He's still doing something inside this man's heart and in his mind. And I asked him yesterday, I said, Walter, um, how can I pray for you? And he's like, well, you can pray for me like you pray for everyone. Why am I special? I was like, well, Walter, your situation is a little bit different than most of the people I will see tomorrow at church. Your, your situation is a little bit more complex. Well, I want you to pray for me the way you'd pray for everybody else. The way you see other people walking around, just pray for them and pray for me too. I was like, all right, that's awesome. God is working in Walter's life. Walter's almost, his body is, is failing. I had, a, I had a glimpse yesterday of what it's like when Scripture says that our bodies are outwardly wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed. And I see this man who was vibrant and strong, who spent 50 years standing on his feet, barbering and cutting people's hair and sharing stories and sharing life with his family. His body is wasting away to nothing, like it's just skin on bones. But inwardly, he's about ready to experience life that is greater than anything we could ever accomplish here on earth. And that's because of his faith. That is because love has given Walter something that cannot be taken away. No matter how bad his body gets, love gives Walter a gift that can never be taken from him. And that encourages it encourages me as I get older and my body starts to break down and starts to fail. I realize that there's more to this life than just this life. Love gives us His Word to guide us, to teach us the way to live. This perfect love gives us what we need right when we need it. Because, let's just face it, we have some giants in our own life that we need help conquering. And those giants may be a little bit different if you're a teenage girl as opposed to a, a grown woman. There's some similarities, but maybe they're a little bit different. But God is the same for you, for, for one person to another. There are some giants in our lives that we are battling today. And the same God that gave David, just a little shepherd boy, the perfect stone put in the perfect sling with perfect aim. It's the same God that will give you just what you need to defeat the giants in your life. His love gives us grace and a second chance when we blow it. Can I get an amen to that? 
Amen. Because we are all human. Now these little humans, they're practicing. They're going to figure it out as they get a little bit older. They'll realize that mistakes are going to happen. But as adults, we can all agree that we have blown it. But His love gives us grace. I want you to turn, if you have a Bible with you, turn to uh, John chapter 8. So through the, through the Advent season, we've been going through uh, hope, peace, joy, and love. And in each one of these story, or these words, I found a story in the, the Gospel. So hope, in the story in the Gospel of, of Matthew, uh, peace, the Gospel of Mark, joy, the Gospel of Luke. And that today, there's a story in the, in the Gospel of John, and I believe it's just a picture of God's love and His grace and His mercy and His second chance for a woman in this story. And here's, here's the deal. You look for opportunities to apply this to your own story, all right? So this, we're reading a story about someone else, but you have the opportunity to say, how does that fit into my story? Where am I in this particular text? And you find yourself there. And hopefully that is the thing that encourages as you walk away today. So love gives us grace. Love gives us a second chance. So look at this story. John chapter 8, verse 1. It says that Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And at dawn, He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around Him. And He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had blown it and got caught blowing it. Caught in the midst of of an act worth dying for. She was caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, uh, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using questions as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Have you ever, first of all, have you ever heard this story before from Scripture? If you have, have you ever wondered, and there's a lot of discussion, have you ever wondered what Jesus is writing in the sand? And I think the text gives us the freedom to, to, to use our imagination. So what do you think Jesus was writing I mean, I don't, we don't know for sure, right? I mean, we don't have like, nobody took a picture and put it online, I mean, for us to see. That would have been awesome if they would have. But some say that Jesus was writing out the sins of the people standing there with stones in their hand. In our context, it would be like God, like all those words came together to produce the word love. What if all of our sin would come together on the screen one by one and nobody else would know it's yours, but you would know and you would see it and you'd be like, ooh, wow, I hope nobody, hope nobody knows that's me. Well, that's a common enough sin that it could be one of, it could be all of us. It could be anybody here in this room. Or you might see a particular word and say, whoa, that's, that would be one I would not want to get caught in. I would not want that to be exposed. 
Maybe Jesus was writing, maybe he was just writing, I love this woman. Maybe he's writing, I love all of you, even with the stones in your hand. Maybe he's writing something more deep and more theological. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But what was he, what was he writing? It says, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. I don't know about you, but I, I try to imagine Jesus, interacting with Jesus. What, like what, was he, what was he thinking at that particular time? What, can you imagine? Like, I, I think he's probably, this is my thought anyway, he's probably thinking, I'm about ready to blow these people's minds. <laughs> and I am going to show them a new love that they've never experienced before. I am going to show this woman who's been searching for love all of her life, I'm going to show her some love that's going to make all those other things pale in comparison. I'm going to change her direction. And I sometimes will imagine Jesus looking at me when I should have been stoned, deserved it, completely guilty, caught in the act. And yet, he didn't condemn me. And he didn't condemn this woman. At this, at this, it says, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. His love gives us a chance and a choice today. For one, to drop the stones that we carry around with us as human beings. Right? We got them in our pockets. And we're just waiting so somebody else blows it a little bit more than we do so that we can throw the stone at them. And in a sense, and I'm just, maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but in a sense to feel a little bit better about my own stuff. If I can throw a stone at someone else, then in a sense justifies me and my actions. The only difference between this woman and probably some of the people standing there that day is that she got caught. And you know what? It was actually, she was actually in a better place that she got caught than all of them because it was exposed. The cancer had been detected. The sickness has been exposed and now healing can come. And the treatment wasn't condemnation. The treatment was love in a, in a way that they've never experienced before, never seen before. I mean, the law said, stoner. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Maybe we come in this morning with stones of bitterness, maybe some stones of regret from our own choices that we've made. Maybe we even brought them with us to church today. Maybe we can lay them down, let them all roll to the front, and pile up in the, in the front of the stage and build an altar of remembrance of something significant that God wants to do in your life. Wouldn't that be amazing? Jesus did not condemn this woman. And neither should we condemn others. Because after all, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. 
Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know that true love always gives first? It always gives first, and then, then it requires a response from us. Like a husband 34 years ago yesterday who said, I do first. And then she said, I do too. Love gives first. And then there's a response. Love gives us a chance and a choice today to go and leave our life of sin. Jesus didn't wink at her sin just because he didn't condemn her. He instructs her. He gives her the way to live, the best path to follow after that moment. He's saying, leave now this life. I don't think he needs to tell her where it's led her because she's obviously been confronted by it. There does, nobody needs to tell her any longer. It's been done. The evidence is there. And Jesus tells her, leave your life of sin because the wages of sin, in that case, should have been literal death. But the gift of God is, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But the gift of God is eternal life that comes in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love gave us a baby in a manger. And it's a good thing that Jesus didn't, didn't just stay there. <laughs> and we might be tempted this Christmas to leave Jesus in the manger because it's cute and it's precious. It doesn't really confront us. It just, it just demonstrates love to us. But love also gives us a resurrected Savior. And in order for the Savior to be resurrected, he needed to grow. He needed to walk out this life that we walked out, went through all of the struggles and all of the temptations all of us have, but yet was without sin. And then it said he offered himself as a sacrifice in order that through faith in him, we might experience a resurrected life. The greatest gift Walter will ever receive will be when death is literally conquered by life because of his faith in Jesus Christ. That's going to be a beautiful thing. So like the Grinch, who had his mind changed and his heart touched, this love should give us a whole new perception of what Christmas is truly all about. It should change the way we see it. Now there's nothing wrong with blessing others and giving gifts and celebrating together. I, I enjoy that just as much as the, the other person. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm kind of spoiled. My wife gives me a little gift every day, 12 days leading up to Christmas. Sometimes it's something quirky and fun. Sometimes it's something that I need. Sometimes it's food, <laughs> you know. And so I love, I love that part. But it would be a tragedy if we miss the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that God gives us this year. And so that's one of the reasons why we rent this space and we provide a place for people to come to hear about the compassionate love of the Father who even when we walk in here this morning deserving to be stoned <laughs> or maybe walking in judgment of others, God's love makes all of that go away. And it gives us the true meaning of the season. I want to, uh, I want to encourage you with something today. If, uh, for one, if you don't have any plans Christmas Eve, we'd love for you to come back. We're going to be here at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. 
And we're going to share uh, this message of hope, uh, the story in Luke chapter 2. And here's our prayer. Here's our prayer is that people who maybe don't go to church any other time will come and fill some of these empty seats. And so I want to encourage you, if you already know the love that has been given to you because of birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we want to encourage you to be praying about that. And we encourage you to invite, if you're coming, bring somebody with you. We've given you some tools to do that. We have a ton of these cards that are available that just have, it's just a basic invitation that you can put into someone's hand. Our prayer is that there'll be at least 80 children here because when children come, their families come with them. And we have a special gift for each one of those kids from the birth all the way through high school. It'll be one hour and we will worship together. It'll be a very meaningful time. And so I want to encourage you to, to come this morning and pick up some extra, extra of these cards and use them as an opportunity to invite people to come and to hear this message of love. So I want you to bow your heads with me. And so, Father, we thank you that love gave. And we thank you that love still gives to us today. I pray that you would touch the hearts of those that are here today that, that maybe didn't even realize they had a stone in their hand for them to lay it down this morning. I pray for those who maybe feel a little bit, alike, a little bit like the woman who has been exposed, been caught, or maybe they haven't been caught yet, but they know it's coming. I pray that they would know that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That they would know your love today in a real and powerful and permanent way. I pray that this morning that there might be someone here today that has never, has never put their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ, never called on you, Lord, to be their Savior. And that they would do so right here, right now, to receive the greatest gift, the gift that will give forever. Touch, touch our hearts, Lord. Touch, touch us and give us a new perspective of what Christmas is all about this year. And I pray that if there's, Lord, anyone that just needs a touch from you, just needs prayer for, uh, for healing or prayer for salvation, just to come and to, to gather here. And instead of rocks, maybe people would gather and we would... Uh, offer up ourselves as a sacrifice to you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.